blaring our podcast. Nothing is sweeter than SwiftCast. Hey guys, welcome to episode 95 of SwiftCast. Hey! Hey! This is Ashley. Steph. And Ashley. Hopefully you guys are used to it by now and not confused anymore. With two Ashleys. So did you guys both watch Jimmy Fallon this week? Yes, absolutely. I stayed up so late for it. I thought it was awesome. Although, I will admit, they were saying, Taylor's going to be talking about the tour, and then it was like, the tour starts in Tokyo in May. (laughs) (laughs) And then they said the one American tour date, and then they moved on. Yeah. Opening in the United States on May 20th. I wasn't expecting her to give a lot away, but I thought maybe she'd say something more than that. She's going to say that every single person in every stadium is going to get a meet and greet. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it would be something like her talking about, you know, oh, we're getting ready to start rehearsals like next week or something, but fortunately not. Even that would have been nice to know. Yeah. Otherwise, the interview was good. Last week, we were wondering what she was there to promote, and I guess she was really there to promote the Vogue magazine, which we're going to be talking about later, because Jimmy showed the magazine cover and asked about Carly. Yeah, I mean, I was hoping that she was going to maybe announce hosting Saturday Night Live, finally, since it was right after the anniversary special. Yeah, but wasn't it cute how they talked about performing with Paul McCartney? That was, and I'm still so upset that nobody who was there managed to get a full-length video. That was a huge fail. What was wrong with the people there? How did they not get a full video? Somebody has to have one. I've searched every day for a full video of this thing, and I cannot find one. So all we have is these little tiny clips. Such a bummer. Maybe someone is negotiating with a media outlet to sell it for thousands of dollars. (laughs) That would be really smart. I thought maybe she would do a lip sync battle with Jimmy, but I loved what they ended up doing. It was hilarious. The dance cam footage was awesome. I don't know if I realized until Taylor tweeted about it afterwards that all of that was done live during the taping of the show. I know, right? At first, I thought there's no way that must have been pre-taped. And then she tweeted that, and I thought, well, she did have the same outfit on underneath and the same shoes and everything. And then when I rewatched it, I was actually seeing how many seconds were in between each one. And it seemed like usually about 20 seconds in between each thing to throw on different clothes. <laughs> but they were so good. They must have worked out a little bit of the routine or something. Cotton Eye Joe was my favorite part. Oh, that was <laughs> awesome. I know. They were all really funny. Well, I'm still holding out a little bit of hope that she's still going to host SNL sometime before the season is over. I really think April. I'm going for it. Some weekend April she'll be on. Because they usually only announce the guests a couple weeks before, right? Yeah, it usually is only, I think, two to three weeks before. And the fact that they had her on for the 40th anniversary, she's the ambassador of New York. It would be a shame if she was not on this year. Well, I know that for the past few episodes, we've been doing our new segment, which is reading Taylor's older tweets from the previous years. But this week, I thought we really needed to just devote the segment to the fact that Style was written almost exactly one year ago on February 19th. Yeah, I can't believe it was a year ago. 
We didn't even know it was being written. No. Taylor really, in February of 2014, was writing a lot of really great songs for the album. That includes Clean, February 9th, 2014. Shake It Off, February 15th, 2014. And then, of course, Style, February 19th. And then even on a different episode, we talked about how I Know Places was January 22nd. So it's just funny. That's right there. Four songs that were written pretty recently, just a year ago. Do we know when Blank Space was written? No, that I don't know. I'd be curious to see. I hope she'll tell us now that you say that. Well, it seems like she likes tweeting the Polaroids on the anniversary of these songs. And it also seems like when Taylor officially moved to New York, which was around the spring of last year, is when she really had a totally new attitude towards everything, including the media. So it wouldn't surprise me if that anniversary is coming up in a month or so. Yeah, that actually would make a lot of sense. Although I think she had the whole album completed by the end of February of last year because she played the whole album for Carly when they went on their road trip. So maybe Blank Space will be really soon. I think the way it sounds, it probably would have been written around the same time as those other songs we just mentioned, like Style and Shake It Off. Well, it definitely makes sense because this time last year, she was spending a ton of time in L.A., yeah, and we all thought she was going to the gym every day. But she wasn't. Maybe she was going to the gym, but she was also doing other things. And it's also funny, we also know songs like How You Get the Girl and All You Had to Do Was Stay were both written in January of 2013. And sonically, those do kind of sound different than the four from 2014. Not drastically different, but... It's just interesting to know when she's written everything. Well, hopefully we get some more of those Polaroids revealing some of the dates the other songs were written soon. But for now, I think we should move on to some of this week's news. Taylor released Wonderland to iTunes. Does this mean it will be a single? Uh, I don't really think so. I think she's just releasing the deluxe songs to iTunes, kind of like she did for Speak Now. But ours did then become a single. Yeah, I think it's possible that it will eventually, but I don't think anytime soon. You're right, because she still has a lot more songs from the album that could be. But I just think that it makes sense that this was the first of the three that she released, because I think it's the most popular. Some people are really wanting new romantics, though. True. I think either one could make an amazing video. Yeah, it is interesting, though, how she released the bonus songs for Speak Now, but never for Red. And like you said, for Speak Now, ours did become a single. For Red, we had nothing. For me, this has solved one of my Swifty problems, because I think I mentioned in a different episode, I was unable to really figure out how to take the deluxe album from my laptop and put it onto my iPod to take to the gym. So now I just bought the single again even though I already have it on all these CDs, and then now I can just listen to it at the gym. It's great. Perfect. Swifty Solutions. Thanks to Taylor. <laughs> I'm excited for her to release the other ones. Well, next, as you probably saw this past week, Taylor went to the Oscar de la Renta show at New York Fashion Week, and she was there with Carly, and she wrote on Instagram, I felt very lucky to be at the Oscar de la Renta show today. It was comforting to be in a room of people who miss him as much as I do, and will continue to celebrate his legacy for years to come. And if you remember last year at the Met Gala, Taylor and Carly both wore Oscar de la Renta, and Taylor has been a huge fan of him forever. 
Well, that same day, Taylor actually met up with Kanye West for dinner in New York City, which I guess was a little less surprising after they were talking at the Grammys, but still not something we'd probably thought we would see. Yeah, it's like Kanye says they're going to collaborate, and then a couple days later they're going to dinner together. That definitely wasn't the prediction we had on what will Taylor do this week. No, but I heard something funny that at the restaurant they started to play Beck's album while they were there. I think Kanye said it was the first time he ever heard the album. <laughs> he would say that. They probably just wanted to see if he'd like start throwing plates in the restaurant or something. <laughs> Well, he was asked in an interview later about their dinner, and he had a quote that said, and I don't necessarily want to believe that he's quoting Taylor 100% accurately, but I kind of agree with the gist of what this says. He said, Taylor was talking to me about this. She was saying that, you know, when she was the victim, she won every award, and now that she's powerful and the biggest selling artist, she's not winning awards anymore, because they like, what do you need? Yeah, I don't think this is word for word what Taylor said. No, I don't think so. But it makes sense in a way. Well, we've talked about this on so many episodes before, how it's like, oh, Taylor doesn't need any more awards, and they just don't give them to her. I think she appreciates every award, and I don't think she's losing sleep over whether she gets, you know, like a VMA or a Teen Choice Award. But things like the Grammys, I feel like, are more of a respect thing, and she should still be getting them, and she deserves them. Yeah, she definitely does. I think it's kind of like we said on the Grammy episode where they pick somebody and give them a bunch of awards and then kind of forget about them. There was a really great article that you should check out. It's on Noisy, N-O-I-S-E-Y dot com. And it just talks about how Taylor is really kind of just revolutionizing her image and just being herself. She's friends with everybody instead of focusing on guys that she's dating. People are finally starting to see her as just an independent woman who surrounds herself with other powerful women. They had a really good quote here. I'll read this part. While everyone is revolutionizing the skin we're in, Taylor Swift is very quietly doing her own thing and chipping away at some other damaging ideals. She's very subtly, very unassumingly destroying the notion that women are islands, that women must compete, that women are defined by their bodies and how the patriarchy sees their bodies. She's doing something very simple. Every time she takes a fan to the Grammys, or sends a fan a care package, or photographs herself on vacation with Haim, or shops with Carly Kloss, or bakes cookies with Haley Steinfeld and Lord, she's showing us that women can be friends, and that being kind and caring and inclusive, fun and supportive, is just as enticing as sticking it to the man by shaking a half-naked body in his face. I think this is such a great article, and that's a really, really good point. I think that Taylor is being herself, and she's not doing these things to prove a point, but it does prove a point because you really don't see a lot of non-superficial, long-lasting friendships in Hollywood. Yeah, and this article just really emphasizes how Taylor marches to the beat of her own drum. She's not looking at what other people are doing. She's the one setting the trends that other people then follow. It's like, just be you, and that's what she does and succeeds so well. Can you imagine if just any other top 40 artist started just sending fans packages? I think people will start copying it. I definitely do. 
I think that'll be super weird if that happens because most artists don't even have really any open lines of communication with their fans. I think it will just be really obvious that they're kind of copying off of her. But I think I've been reading, I forget what band it was. I can't remember, but somebody was not sending gifts, but just maybe communicating with fans on social media. So I think people will follow her lead. They just won't do as good of a job with it, honestly, because she just is herself. Taylor's Keds collection for spring 2015 is out now. And I definitely have to say I want all of the new shoes. Yeah, if I had all of the cute Keds she's put out, I would have to have a second apartment for them. (laughs) (laughs) There's been so many now. They're so great. I love the new ones with the hearts. I love those ones, too. I also like the springy-looking ones. Yeah, they're all really great. She does a great job every year with those. It's nice to see that that's been sort of a lasting sponsorship for her. I agree. That and Diet Coke and Elizabeth Arden, I think they realize it would be really stupid not to try to keep her. And she likes all the products, so it makes sense for her. I'm just surprised she's never become a spokesperson for Starbucks. (laughs) Maybe next album. They'll sponsor the next tour. They don't really sponsor things in general, though. Taylor Swift, though? They should. They can give little samples of coffee out. I would love that. Well, in award show news, Taylor recently got two Kids' Choice Award nominations for Choice Female Artist and Choice Song, and that's going to air on March 28th, and you can vote at nick.com slash kidschoiceawards. But I think you have to be a kid to vote. Actually, you don't. I have voted. No? And I'm not a kid. <laughs> yeah, I voted too. If you click on the if you click on the link, it just goes straight to the page and you just vote. Yeah, you don't even have to vote for all the categories, which is nice because I don't care about the other ones. Oh, good. Another really piece of exciting news just about award shows as a reminder. This Wednesday, February 25th, Taylor will be at the Brit Awards where she's performing and she is up for the award of international artists. I think she'll win. So make sure you watch that. And another piece of really exciting news is that Shake It Off has over 600 million views now in just six months. And Blank Space is already up to just about 550 million views in pretty much four months. Not even four months, three and a half months. So that's pretty impressive. And I don't think that style is climbing at as fast a rate as those. No, Blank Space is climbing at the highest rate of any music video she's ever had. It's the crazy eyes. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great music video, you have to admit. I can understand why so many people watch it. I just watched it again today for probably like the 800th time. Well, that's all we have for news this week, but now it's time for our Swifty problems, which as usual, there are a lot. Our first one is from at Shades of Tay Gray on Twitter. When you leave your Taylor iPod in your sister's car so you can't listen to Taylor for a whole week, Swifty problems. Now, does this mean she has two iPods and one with only Taylor on it? Maybe. It says Taylor iPod. Taylor has a lot of songs, but I don't think she has enough to fill a whole iPod. Yeah, Shades of Tay should just put Taylor on all of her iPods. And phone. And computer. And, like, old school Discman if you have that. And invest in a record player, too, and buy the vinyls. <laughs> That way, you're covered. You're covered. I still need to do that. I don't have a record player. Yeah, me too. I have to do that. 
Our next one comes from at Hannah underscore Samo underscore 13. She says, off to a bad start this morning. All of my Taylor Swift songs deleted off my phone. Swifty problems. That actually happened to me. How? How does that happen? I don't know. I had 1989, obviously, on my phone, and I went to play it one day, and only, like, two songs were left. Did you have to rebuy it? No, you can go back in and just re-download them onto your phone, but I don't know why they went away. That's what I listen to the most. you think my phone would be smart enough to know that. <laughs> That's never happened to me yet. Might have something to do with, like, when the phone updates or if it updates itself. Oh, yeah, maybe. Our next one comes from at Sky Blue Swift, and she says, Whenever I say nice to meet you, I always want to continue with where you been, Swifty problems. I love that. Well, our next one is from at Crazy Forte. Someone used the song Mean for a video project in history, and as soon as the song started, everyone looked straight at me, Swifty problems. <laughs> and our next one comes from at Boss underscore Hat. Meeting Taylor in your dream, then someone wakes you. Swifty problem. Aw. I had a lot of those in the past. Me too. And our last one comes from at Emily underscore Taylor with four R's at the end of Taylor. Wanting to save money for more tour shows, but new shirts came out in the Taylor store. Swifty problems. It is a problem. But you can buy shirts at the shows if you save a lot of money, maybe. <laughs> Well, thanks to everyone who sent in your Swifty problems. And as always, keep them coming. Tweet us at SwiftCast13 or go to our website, SwiftCast13.com, and send them in that way, and we will read them on next week's episode. So now it's time for our fashion. And the first outfit is probably from my favorite event of this whole week, which was the catastrophe video that Abigail posted where Olivia jumped in the bathtub and Taylor had to blow dry her. <laughs> That was adorable. There's just so many things about that video. The way that Taylor says she jumped in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> she said it like it happens a lot. I thought the same thing, and I was wondering, why does Olivia like water? I know that Meredith loves to drink water, but I think in general, cats don't like to be in water. Just typically. I know there are exceptions. Maybe Olivia's the exception. Well, it looked like she absolutely loved getting blow-dried. <laughs> I mean, I feel like most cats, if you're blasting them with a hairdryer, would be trying to like, claw you or run away, but she's literally just like stretched out enjoying it. Maybe she knows it's a $300 hairdryer. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, tasteswiftstyle.com tracked it down, and it's the Harry Josh Pro Dryer 2000, which I assume is a really good quality hairdryer. And obviously good for cats. <laughs> you know what I saw? Ellen Pompeo from Grey's Anatomy, of course, Meredith Grey, uses that hairdryer. The same exact color and everything. That must be why she got it for the cats. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even Taylor's hairdryer. It's just a special one for the cats. <laughs> Probably. Meredith's hairdryer. And now Olivia's borrowing it. I just had a really funny vision of Olivia sitting in like a hairdresser's chair. <laughs> just getting pampered like a diva well in this video taylor was wearing what she's worn many times before and i love seeing it every time the genius jumper from top shop i love that one so much it seems like she's lent it to a lot of her friends and always gets it back which is good 
I wish it were still available at Topshop. They should bring it back. They should. I was searching for it on like eBay and only found like two, but unfortunately not the type I was looking for. Our next outfit is Taylor was leaving her apartment in New York City on February 17th and she was wearing a Sam Edelman Sawyer Oxford, which is no longer available. I love those Oxfords. She's had them for so long and she just kind of uses them like a staple. They're great. Then that same night after she taped Jimmy Fallon, she went to the Oscar de la Renta show and she wore this gorgeous Oscar de la Renta printed cotton and silk blend dress. It's $2,790. And then with that, she wore her Christian Louboutin Dutamassia patent T-strap pump. And those were $895. That was a thing for Nate. <laughs> yeah, if he were here, he could do a good job reading that. Well, then that same day again, she had so many outfit changes this day. Oh my gosh, this whole fashion segment is from this day. <laughs> she was a busy lady. <laughs> so later that night, February 17th again, she was arriving at the Spotted Pig restaurant, which I believe is where she met Kanye for dinner. And so then she had the M2 Maletier Fabrica Mini Shoulder Bag, a new purse, which is $1,320. And then with that, she had Christian Louboutin Mammonuk lace-up booties. And then that same day when she taped Jimmy Fallon, she wore a Satin and Bobby Fall 2015 jumpsuit, Lorraine Schwartz earrings and ring on her right hand. And then on her left hand, she wore an Ophira Pave band. And then she had Christian Louis Vuitton So Kate patent pump shoes, which are $675. I didn't even realize that was a jumpsuit. Oh, I loved it. I loved how it was black and white. I just kept thinking, oh, Taylor's still going with the black and white that we all, in August, were like, oh, the whole album's going to be black and white. She keeps wearing black and white. She wore black and white to Jimmy in August, and then she comes back and wears black and white again. And it means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> she just likes black and white. And then she had several outfit changes, like we mentioned during the dance camp segment on Jimmy Fallon. And you can actually buy some of these items. Here's what's available so far. The Mitchell and Ness Retroscript New York Rangers beanie is only $24. She wore a New York Knicks jersey from Adidas, which ranges from $70 to $110. And then with that, she wore an Adidas New York Knicks structured flex hat, which is only $23.95 in blue. Then for the Islanders segment, she wore the Reebok Islanders cuffed knit palm beanie, $23.95 out of stock, unfortunately, right now. And then she wore the classic lace-up jersey for the Islanders, which I really liked. And unfortunately, it's unavailable right now. And then for the Brooklyn Nets, she wore a gray second half jacket from Adidas, which is $109.95. All these New York teams must be so excited at the promotion they got from her. Yeah, I really like some of their colors. <laughs> like, I don't really follow New York sports, but some of the outfits were really cute. 
Well, the last piece of fashion is an outfit from the style music video that was tracked down. And this was the express cropped crisscross pont knit top, which Taylor's white version that she wore in the video is sold out. But the black one is available. It is now on sale for $29.94. That's a good deal. So thank you to Tay Swift Style for tracking all of this down. And you guys should go to TaySwiftStyle.com to see all the latest fashion every week. So last week, we mentioned that on the same day that the style video came out, Taylor also killed us again by releasing the Vogue cover with Carly. And the pictures are gorgeous, and we just kind of wanted to dive into the article a little bit more. There were some really great quotes and really fun stories that she shared. Yeah, and just so you all know, the issue should be on newsstands this week. So definitely go look at the grocery store or bookstore or wherever after you listen to this episode to go buy a copy. But one thing she mentioned that I thought was hilarious that I heard about before vaguely because Lord talked about how she and Taylor went to Shake Shack the first time they met in New York and they were attacked by these squirrels. And for this interview, Taylor kind of went into more detail about it. And it was funny. Taylor just said, We were taking these photos and all of a sudden, like in a horror movie, there were squirrels sitting on our shoulders trying to eat our food. Perched like parrots. They're like, we deserve french fries and we're going to take them from you. Well, Shake Shack is really good, so I can't blame them. It's so good. One of my favorite parts of this article was just when they talked with Jack Antonoff about working with Taylor. He's just such a nice guy, and this quote he gave is just so fantastic. He says, People are finally starting to discuss her artistry, how she's on the level of some of the great all-time songwriters. The other day, my grandmother was asking me about 1989. We're all talking about it. In my lifetime, I haven't experienced that since Michael Jackson, that one artist who stands above and unites us all. I just love that. That's so true, and I think that as she gets older and we get older, that's going to be even more apparent. Every generation loves her. doesn't matter what age you are. And people can say Taylor's for teeny boppers or whatever all they want, but it's just not true. She has fans of all ages. So another great quote from this article was Taylor talking about just her shifting attitude towards dating and the media. And she said, I decided I wasn't willing to provide them that kind of entertainment anymore. I wasn't going to go out on dates and have them be allowed to take pictures and say whatever they wanted about our body language. I wasn't going to sit next to somebody and flirt with them for five minutes because I know the next day he'll be rumored to be my boyfriend. I just kind of took the narrative back. It's unfortunate that I had to do that, and it's unfortunate that now I have this feeling like if I were to open myself up to love, that would be a career weakness. It's so sad, though. Like, I like that she's being completely honest with this quote, but it just seems so unfair. Especially because it seems like the media only keeps getting worse. They really do. And after she said this quote, she was at the Grammys and she went to talk to Hozier for probably like three minutes. And the next day there was an article about how she was getting close to him and they were flirting or whatever. Well, actually, Hozier went and talked to her because I was sitting right behind him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, see, they just make stuff up. I wish she'd come and talk to him because then she would have been right in my row. I guess she just can't talk to anyone. I'm sure that anyone who saw them actually talking, like I could kind of see them from my seat. It was so clear that they were just friends saying hi. There was nothing there to report. There was no story there. So they just make it up. 
Well, another thing that I laughed at a lot in this article was they asked Taylor about the dress that she was wearing and who it was by, and she didn't know, and she admitted, my stylist put it in my closet. Yeah, this was interesting just because I always thought about how it would work. You know, you see Taylor out shopping, and she definitely picks stuff out on her own, but she can't do it all. Look at February 17th. She changed her outfit (laughs) a million times in one day. It's just funny to imagine her stylist like coming up in her closet. And then I was trying to think, does her stylist put shoes with the outfit or accessories or just the dress? I feel like the shoes and accessories she really just picks on her own because she wears kind of the same ones for long periods of time. That's true, especially with bags. And so much of what she wears, especially lately, is very classic pieces that go with a lot and can go through multiple seasons. Yeah, I think she probably picks a lot of stuff out on her own, but then her stylist gets her stuff. I'm sure designers send her things all the time. It also kind of seems like sometimes for a number of days, she'll be wearing a lot of clothes from one particular brand. Yeah, like in the summer, it was Reformation. Recently, she's been using Miss Patina, which is based in London a ton. So that makes sense. I'm sure they send her things and she just wears them. Even just to organize the stuff that she gets sent and hang it in her closet, she must need help. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. I just want to see it. They probably dump it all in Jimmy and his security guard's apartment. (laughs) (laughs) He has to, like, clear all the boxes first, and then they can go in the closet. I just want to see your closets. Just from that video that um, Abigail posted that we were talking about earlier, you could see, like, a portion of her closet there. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, that's Taylor's closet. And, like, look at her clothes. I thought the same thing, yeah. Well, even, it might have been a couple years ago now, that photo with Meredith in her closet where she was trying to pick out shoes for Club Red. And obviously it wasn't in her house. It was when she was on tour. But she had all those shoes lined up. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. Well, another interesting quote from this was when Taylor was talking about the future. Here's what she had to say about that. Putting pressure on yourself is good, but putting unnecessary stress on yourself is bad. So I don't worry that I haven't started the next record yet. I don't worry that I don't know what it's going to be. I'm not worried that I have absolutely no timetable as to when it needs to be done. It could be two years from now, it could be three, it could be four, or it could be one. You get these bursts of inspiration right at the moment you're not expecting to. You just have to live your life, and hopefully you'll take the right risks. Taylor's always been on a very tight schedule. Two years. Fall. Even though she says she hasn't started it, we've seen her in the recording studio. Yeah, we've seen her with Haim. She's already meeting up with Kanye. I mean, it's possible that whatever she's doing now could go on their records, or we've talked before about how we think she's doing something for Paper Towns for the new John Green movie, but still, she recorded songs like All You Had to Do Is Say and How You Get the Girl just a few months after Red was released. I personally don't think it's going to be three or four years. If anybody's worried about that, I personally don't think it. I just don't see how she could go from this huge level of success and then make people stay in suspense for four years. And I think she'd get really bored. Yeah, and that would just be cruel. The one-year thing, though, is kind of intriguing. I hope she doesn't do that. I think it's just too much, too soon. Well, that would be when she's still touring right she'll be finishing up she'll be going to australia i don't see how it's possible and i don't want people to get sick of her i don't know how that's possible myself 
but I've seen other artists put too much out within too short of a time frame and they just crash and burn. They don't sell. Are you possibly thinking of One Direction? (laughs) (laughs) I was actually thinking of like Rihanna. She's a good example too, but One Direction puts out an album literally every single year. Yeah, and then it's just too much, I think. People just aren't excited. They just expect it, you know? Yeah, there's not a buildup of anticipation. I think Taylor has this two-year thing figured out so perfectly. It's the perfect formula for her, and it works so well. I get the whole, you never know when the inspiration will strike, but two years, that's plenty of time for her to get inspiration at some point, and it just builds the anticipation. She's not touring every single year like a lot of acts do, so it helps not only album sales, but tour sales. I think it's just really smart to keep with the same schedule, so I hope she does. I agree. I was also thinking about how she said, I think a number of times towards the very end of the Red Tour, some of the last date that it was very strange to her to even still be performing those shows because her mind was so much on the next album. Right. So in that way, I guess I could see her being eager to put something out sooner. But, you know, the formula works really well and it has. Yeah, if it's not broken, she shouldn't try to fix it. If she has enough inspiration within two years, then she should just try to stay on the same schedule. Well, everyone should definitely go out this week and look for Vogue on newsstands and pick up a copy. So finally, as you guys know, a couple weeks ago, I was in LA for the Grammys. And while I was there, I got to go to the amazing Taylor Swift experience at the Grammy Museum. So a few days ago, we actually sat down and recorded my experience. And I hope you guys enjoy hearing about it. So if you haven't already heard, Ashley was lucky enough to attend the Grammys ceremony a few weeks ago, and you can hear about her whole experience at the ceremony on episode 93. But we didn't get to talk about her experience attending the Grammy Museum, where there's a special exhibit devoted to Taylor. And so we wanted to talk about it with her so you all can hear about the details and decide whether you want to go. So we're just going to ask her a bunch of questions and talk about all the different cool things that she saw. So it was called the Taylor Swift Experience, but I feel like it should be renamed to the Taylor Swift Religious Experience. (laughs) (laughs) I bet I'm looking at all these pictures and like, I'm just blown away by how much of her personal items are, are in this museum. This is crazy. Imagine just stepping off of an elevator onto an entire floor of a building where everywhere you turn, everywhere you look is all wall to wall plastered by Taylor. And it not being your own apartment at home. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to say, isn't that going to be my future house? (laughs) Yeah, and this is actual stuff that she touched or wore. Just all right there. Well, give us a breakdown, Ashley. Give us, um, like, what are some of these uh, displays? Well, I guess the first thing I want to mention is that, you know, I had seen a few pictures of the exhibit, but I didn't know whether it was big or small or what to expect. I knew it was obviously worth going to see, but like some of the exhibits that they've had in, for example, the Country Music Hall of Fame haven't really been that big or that up close and personal because the items are several feet away from you behind a barricade behind glass. But this was, first of all, really big and very, very up close and personal. You could get within basically three inches of these items. Wow. 
That's really cool. I know what you mean because at the Hall of Fame, I made a trip down to Nashville to see the Speak Now exhibit. And on the third floor, everything was at least eight feet away because there's a big railing and everything was just in this wall. So you couldn't really see that well. Yeah, I was very excited that that wasn't the case here. The only, um, like, Taylor, I guess, memorabilia that I've ever been close to was at a Red Shows when she put out a bunch of her outfits in those boxes, those rolling glass boxes, if you guys remember those. That's the closest I've ever been. I'm pretty sure you got closer to some memorabilia at Taylor's house, Nate. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> uh, funny side note, when Jill and I were there and we're, like, geeking out, we're like, oh my god, this is Taylor's couch. And we're like, oh my God, this is Taylor's lamp. And, you know, we'd go and touch it. Oh my God, this is Taylor's table. And we'd touch it. And I made a joke. And Taylor has this nice framed letter that she got from George W. Bush saying how he was so proud of her for her accomplishments at the Billboard Awards a few years ago when she won eight awards. And I walk over to it. I'm like, oh my God, it's Taylor Swift's George W. Bush letter. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something you would say. Yeah, I know. I, I'm weird. I know. <laughs> But yeah, this was honestly, so the whole floor was kind of a circular shape. So the exhibit led you around and you could really start anywhere. And I just didn't know where to start, what to look at first. Well, what was your absolute favorite thing? What was the thing that stuck out the most, it seemed? Well, I guess what struck me the most when I first came in was that on the main back wall, which was the entire length of the floor, they had side by side, I guess you would call it more like kind of like a mural slash collage of every album that she's had. I saw that. That was really cool. That was a huge mural too, yeah. So it wasn't just like the album name or picture. It had a big title that said, for example, Fearless or any of the albums. And then it had the release date of the album, a big picture of the album cover, the track listing, quotes from it, awards that it won, and then all the tour dates. And they had that for every era, including 1989 with the tour dates that haven't happened yet. Wow. Yeah, these look really cool. It's so exciting to see the tour dates for 1989. I was wondering if it's going to be even more added on if they'll update the wall. So did you say this took up four different walls? No, it was one big long wall divided into five. Okay. The exhibit itself took up the whole floor, but this particular part was against one wall. It looks really well done. They even, on these murals, have the color schemes. With Speak Now has a purple background. (laughs) Red has a red background. And then in the background of these pictures, which is kind of hard to see unless you look close, they have words from the album lyrics imprinted into the wall, just random words and lines that you can see if you look closely. Wow. Oh, that's really cool. I'm looking at the Speak Now one right now, and I see from back to December, the chain is on your door. That's so cool. Oh, that's cool. So I think that was what grabbed my attention when I first came in because... It was just so big, and I had not seen any pictures of it, so I didn't know to expect that that was there. And it seems like almost every single outfit she's ever worn is in this place. (laughs) At least a good amount of the outfits from the Red Era. They had tons of Red Tour costumes, which I feel like we've mostly only seen Speak Now costumes in past museums. Great. But they had I Knew You Were Trouble and The Lucky One. And they had a ton of props. They had Taylor's red sparkly guitar. They had her red microphone stand, which actually was bejeweled and had all these things on it that you really couldn't tell from being an audience member. Yeah, I never noticed the 13 on it before, which we could tell on her guitar had a 13, but... 
Well, I just find it interesting, and I think I said this even during the Red Tour, that even though she stopped putting a 13 on her hand, it's still incorporated into the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope she continues to do that for this tour. Like, I remember one of the set pieces on the Red Tour, which I think might have been a piece they were reusing from Speak Now, but it had still a 13 engraved into it. Yeah, I just love how she always incorporates it, even... On the Love Story balcony, there was a 13 engraved on the bottom of that balcony. Oh, was it really? That's cool. Yeah, I, I think I found that out at the Hall of Fame because they actually had it there. But even at the Grammys last year, she had the 13 on the piano. So I'm sure she'll still use it. I would be bummed if she didn't. So after I just sort of like looked around the entire room and looked at the walls, which were amazing, the next thing that really grabbed my attention was this home video section that they had, which is something that they've had in, I feel like, most of the exhibits about her, but this one was so much more special. It was about a 10-minute long video that had a montage of Never Grow Up and The Best Day, and it was all clips from Taylor's entire childhood all the way up till now, and it was kind of similar in structure to the video they showed before she did 22 on the red tour but just a much longer version extended versions of all of those clips and then other clips and other pictures that i'd never seen could you hear sound on that of or just the song no it was everything oh okay so what was your favorite clip oh gosh all the ones from when she was a baby i know that the little clip that they used on the red tour was of her singing twinkle twinkle little star but they actually had an extended version of that Wow, yeah. She basically just kept saying twinkle, twinkle, little star and banging on the keys over and over and over again. (laughs) Is this where you can see the video of her getting her first bike? Did they have that? I don't remember that. Okay. I've seen a video of her getting her first bike and I didn't know if it was from the museum. They also just had a lot of pictures from her childhood that I don't remember ever seeing before. They also have... I guess a painting that she made for her dad, but it's basically it's a snowman dressed up as Scott. Oh, is that right? <laughs> That's funny. I've seen photos of this one on Tumblr before, I think. Doesn't it say something about the stocks at the bottom? Yeah. I think I remember seeing something like, how are the stocks doing today? Yeah. Now, this is my favorite part. I don't know if you guys agree, but really cool. Handwritten lyrics, original lyrics from 22 and White Horse. I think that's really cool. That's awesome. I always love seeing the handwritten lyrics. Me too. It's interesting to see not just, you know, the lyrics themselves, you know, Taylor's handwriting on this piece of paper, but the mistakes that she's made or the adjustments that, you know, she's made to the song, I think are always just fascinating. Yeah, for example, on the 22 one, she has a whole thing crossed out and it says, I'm going to try to read it. Sometimes it hits one. We're moving quickly towards something hazy, a future I can't see. Let's break the old rules while you're still 22. You look like bad news. I gotta have you. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. She crossed all of that out. Well, that just made me think of the blank space voice memo. There's all sorts of verses in there that never made the song. Yeah. And do you guys still sometimes sing it wrong? Diamond, seaside. Yes. Something. (laughs) 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 What you heard about me. Yes. (laughs) The other thing with 22 is it looks like she originally wanted to say it seems like one of those nights and then she crossed it out to feels. I think feels is way better. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Good call, Taylor. (sighs) I think that's probably one of those things where she's probably just writing from stream of consciousness and then you kind of have to go back and put more active verbs in to make it better. Mm -hmm, Pretty much. 
I like her doodles. Her 22 doodle. <laughs> she put little polka dots in the one, two, and lines in the other one. I liked on White Horse how she had one heart that's whole and then the broken one and she went, ouch. She just writes, ouch, next to it. <laughs> I think another one of my favorite items, which was another handwritten item that I don't know if you guys had seen before, but I never had, was a letter that she wrote to the entire band and crew of the Fearless Tour. I saw that just because I think I saw it in a yearbook that she gave, and I saw that on eBay. I was going to say that too. I thought it had something to do with that yearbook that she passed around. Yeah, the little caption says it was from the yearbook, and I knew there was a yearbook, but I had never seen anything from it. Okay. Yeah, I spotted the a yearbook on eBay that was selling for like a thousand dollars or more. Oh man, <laughs> that'd be so cool to own, though. Well, I want to read it because it made me really emotional. It says, "To my beloved Fearless family, first and foremost, thank you for a golden age. I will never forget the moment in time that was the Fearless tour. Knowing you has made my days so bright and beautiful for the last fifteen months. I've never been so proud of something, and I want you to know that I will look back on my first headlining tour and you in our memories constantly. We've really done something together, something I hope will make you smile on rainy days. This book is for you." I hope these pictures bring you back as our lives move forward. Thank you for being fearless with me and know that I love you, Taylor. Aw. She has such a way with words, obviously, but not just in lyrics, but just in writing notes. Like you see this and then you see the card she's sending to fans with gifts. I just wish I could write like reading card notes like her. I usually sit around with a card and just stare at it. <laughs> and I'm like, what am I supposed to write? I haven't heard anyone say that she's done yearbooks for the following tours, but I wish that she would have because it seems like such a good idea. Yeah, really. Who would ever sell that on eBay? That's crazy. I want to buy it, but... Probably like some random, you know, roadie that had like no real emotion about the tour yeah, at all. Yeah, probably, yeah. Some stage crew guy, like... <laughs> One thing that I really loved is just this huge wall of all the magazine covers. Oh my god, that was like, that's not a religious experience, I don't know what is. <laughs> this is incredible. It has, the Time magazine is featured most prominently, which I think is great, because that's probably my favorite cover ever, just because it's so significant. But it has really everything. Her first Rolling Stone, Billboard Woman of the Year, the first time, Vogue, when she cut her bangs. It's like every moment in history of Taylor is on there. The new Rolling Stone cover. Man, that's impressive to think, to go back and think how many actual magazine covers that she's been on. Yeah, I don't even really know how they narrowed it down to choose some of them. Yeah, really. Ashley mentioned earlier that she wants to wallpaper her house like this with all the magazine covers. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to know. That's a great idea. <laughs> I was just staring at them and they're so amazing. I got a really cool looking panoramic photo just of that wall so I could capture everything next to each other. Which you did amazing. Thank you. Yeah, that's so cool. Now, what is this picture of, it's the mean single cover and there's a caption that says mix and then in quotes mean. What is that? That was a sound booth where I guess you could make remixes of mean. We didn't have time to do it because we actually got there a little bit after six o'clock and it was closing at 730 and just like reading and watching everything took all of that time. 
Oh, okay. I get you. They also had a sound booth that we did do where you could go in and sing karaoke of We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together, but then it ended up being broken. That was a bummer. Oh. I think I did that at the Hall of Fame in Nashville. Oh, yeah. Where they have her big cardboard tour bus. If anybody's in Nashville. They should switch it up now to shake it off. I know. I really would have enjoyed it more if they had a song you could do from 1989. So just going to some of the other displays that we didn't talk about, there was one at the very front, kind of right when you walk in, that was a mix of new and old costumes, which was cool. Right in the middle, they had props from the Shake It Off video. They had Taylor's megaphone and pom-poms and a couple pictures, which was awesome. (laughs) Is that where they were from? I was wondering if it was that or from You Belong With Me. Yeah, those are from Shake It Off. Okay. Other dresses that they had in this one display included one from the Our Song video, one from the Love Story video, one from the Mean video, which are all pretty iconic, and then also one from the Begin Again video, which is so gorgeous. Oh, is that the purple one from Begin Again? Yeah, my picture is pretty dark and a little cut off, but that's what it was. Oh, I love that one. Oh, that's cool. And the dress from Our Song is the portion of the video where she's on the porch, like, twirling around, and she's just hanging out on the front porch. I love that dress. And the mean black and white dress that's on the single cover is also awesome. Was that in one of the cases on the Red Tour? I think it was. I think it was. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was. This one's really cool. It's the, if you guys remember when she performed We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together at the Grammys, and she did that like circus-themed performance like she did for the tour, but she wore, it was the white ringleader outfit. It's in this museum, which is really cool. Yeah, I really liked that white outfit for that performance. Yeah, and that was next to her Grammy dress that she wore, not for the performance, but just for the show in 2014. Mm -hmm. So how sparkly is that dress from last year up close? Very sparkly. Very, very sparkly. That would be so cool to see up close because it just was the metallic silver kind of, it looks like netting on TV. Is that what it looks like in person? Uh, Yeah, it has definitely a very metallic look to it. They also had her other Grammys dresses. One of my favorites from 2010 where she wore the blue sparkly off the shoulder dress and she won four awards that night. Yeah, wasn't it Speak Now? No, it was 2010. Oh, it was Fearless? Yeah, it was when she won four Grammys for Fearless. It's hard for me to decide whether I liked the 2010 dress or the one from this year the best, but that must have been really cool to see up close. It definitely was. It was so pretty, such a pretty color. It was very elegant. I kind of was playing a game with myself where I tried to just identify what the dresses were from before looking at the little caption, and I actually didn't do too well. (laughs) Oh, no, really? Ah, shame on you. (laughs) Some of them were obviously really memorable, but others I just couldn't place exactly what video or what award show they were. They also have the black dress that she wore to the Grammys in 2008 or 2009. Gosh, that was a lifetime ago. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, really? They had that one there? That's cool. So which Grammy dress did you like the best since you could see them in person? This year's. Oh, really? Well, okay, well. Oh, but you that one wasn't even at the museum, and you still are picking that one. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I just met my favorite Grammy dress that she's ever worn, and it's definitely this year's. But of what they had in the museum, I think it's a tie between the blue Fearless one that you just mentioned and the one from last year. Okay. Anything with sparkles, I really like. You would pick the one from last year over the one from the year before when it was kind of like a kimono dress kind of 
The Greek white one? The Greek one, maybe. Yeah, Greek. It was like white and then gold. Yeah, with that like Greek pattern on it. I don't know. I liked that one better, actually, than... I liked the silver one better than that one. The Greek one. Really? Okay. Did you like the Greek one better? Better than that one. It wasn't my favorite, but I did like it better than that one. I thought last year's was very plain. I don't know. This year's just blew me away. Yeah, really. Oh, this year's, yeah. I died over this year's. One more thing that they had that I didn't mention was, and it was pretty unexpected, and it was really cool. One display had just four random outfits that she wore out and about in New York City last summer. Yeah, that's so cool. This whole exhibit of these outfits just is really interesting. Nate, you have to go to all our old episode notes right now and describe every outfit in this case. <laughs> that might be impossible. Ready, go. Fashion segment part two. <laughs> no, but they had really cute stuff. They had a floral romper. It was like a beige, yellowish, and green and brown one. And then they had a pink sort of multicolored striped crop top and skirt. And then they had a plaid, a dark reddish purple plaid shirt dress. And then they had a, a white summery floral dress. And those were all from pretty recently. Yeah, these were all from early spring and summer. The floral romper, I think you can actually see in the subway behind the scenes of 1989's packaging videos. I love that romper. They should have had the No It's Becky shirt. <laughs> They should have. But she probably still wears it all the time. <laughs> she probably does. The cool thing about this exhibit is they have a big street view of New York right behind it. It looks like you're actually on the street in New York. Yeah, that was really a nice touch. And they have the photos of her wearing the outfit, the candids. That's funny. I feel like for maybe when they got to this one, they weren't quite sure what to put or they were running low on costumes. They were like, Taylor, we need something. And she's like, okay, well, I don't need to wear my summer clothes right now. And just handed them over. <laughs> this other thing that I love in the museum is this kind of montage of Taylor on different instruments throughout the different eras. And it's got her on acoustic guitar from Fearless, ukulele during Speak Now banjo during red and electric guitar during red and it's just such a nice collage i love it so much i miss the ukulele me too that was amazing so was this positioned right when you walked in this was the first thing you saw this collage was sort of the dividing wall between the exhibit and the gift shop oh oh tell us about the gift shop well, they had a lot of Taylor stuff. They had really just all the red and 1989 merchandise that's on the website. It was all the same price as the website. I guess an added bonus is that you wouldn't have to pay for shipping if you bought it at the store. But I ex actually just bought a shirt that said 57th Grammys on it because I wanted something more Grammy related. It was cool, though, because there's really nowhere that you can go and just see racks and racks of Taylor merchandise to shop for and actually be able to, you know, try it on or look at the different things before getting it in person. That would be cool. I remember going to the Nashville airport and seeing the little tables outside some of the shops, and I would always get so excited. So I can't imagine a whole store. We really do need a whole store, though. So, Ashley, did you get to go to see the little floor that lights up that Taylor had in that video that she did when she visited the museum? Yeah, I did. And it was crazy because I was only there two days after her. <laughs> if only. She would have just waited a little bit longer. 
Yeah, it was really cool. It's exactly how it looks in her video. It's basically a big tile floor of different colored tiles and then Shake It Off continuously plays and as you walk or dance on the floor, the tiles light up and change colors. Oh, that's cool. Did you reenact her moves? I tried, but I definitely didn't do it justice. <laughs> and did you say the All Too Well piano is also there? Yeah, I actually missed going- What? I missed going to take a look at it because I guess they had had it on the first floor, which right when you enter the museum after you get your ticket, well, they literally said, oh, Taylor fans, get in this elevator and go to the second floor. Like, they didn't even treat us like normal people mm -hmm. coming to the museum because it was so clear <laughs> that we were there for the exhibit. And I think they also realized that we only had about an hour, so they wanted us to get there. But yeah, so we just went right in the elevator. And then when we left, we went out a different exit. So I didn't actually see it, but it is there. Oh. So just for people who might be considering going to the museum, how much were tickets? Normally they're $12, but I guess if you go on Saturday evenings, they go down to 8 so ours were $8. It's a good deal. Yeah, really. Seriously. Any day of the week, 12 bucks is not bad. I mean, you know, there was the $350 plane ticket, but... <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but if you're local, it's only $12. <laughs> So I know you were short on time, and you probably would recommend a full day, but how much time do you think it would take to see the whole thing? Well, I mean, I saw the whole thing, minus the piano. I could have probably watched the video again and again and gone back around, so I would definitely say to go there with at least three hours if you only want the Taylor exhibit, and then more than that if you want to actually see other parts of the museum. Oh yeah, do you know what else is in the rest of the museum? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even it just wasn't a priority I mean I think they have things from every year of the Grammys you know people's awards and possibly tributes to other artists I just really don't know because it was all about Taylor <laughs> actually did they have any of her Grammys there or is she too busy handing them out to fans <laughs> yeah they didn't have any I mean she only has seven that's not that many so she probably wants to keep them all close by I really thought that in the gift shop, they should have sold replicas of her Grammys. Wow, I would buy them all. <laughs> they didn't have that. They really should. They'd make so much money. That's a good idea. Send it to them. <laughs> and this exhibit closes in around May 10th, right? May 10th, yep. Okay. I'm shocked they're only keeping it open then for such a short amount of time. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, all of her exhibits, I feel like, end up being around that length. I think from a museum standpoint, I guess they feel like that's the amount of time where it could be the most profitable. I just wish it would line up with her tour dates in LA, because then I would have a good excuse to go to LA. I know. Well, we were on the way out, one of the workers asked if we liked it, and I said, yeah, you need to keep it forever. <laughs> so obviously they're going to listen to me. <laughs> Man, that sounds really cool. I know I'm not going to be able to get out to LA to see that before it closes, but really still, the pictures look amazing. It looks like a really, really very cool exhibit. That was really the only thing I got to do in California besides actually going to the Grammys the next day, but it was definitely worth it. Yeah, it looks really, really awesome. It's right down the street from the Staples Center, not even a block. So if anyone is in the area and is going to Staples Center for any other concerts in the next few months, you could definitely do that at the same time. Yeah, and if you haven't checked out the photos that Ashley put on Twitter, go to SwiftCast13 and look at them. They're from February 7th, right? 8th. Oh, okay. They're from February 8th. So just go look at our Twitter. You can see how cool this looks. 
Well, I hope you guys enjoyed hearing all about my experience at the Taylor Swift experience. <laughs> <laughs> it really was just so amazing. And if anyone has the opportunity to go within the next three months that it's still there, I highly recommend it. So before we go, we just have some reminders for you. If you're not already following us on Twitter, please follow us at theswiftcast13 or facebook.com slash theswiftcast. You can email us with any feedback about our show or any submissions that you want us to include at theswiftcast13 at gmail.com. Or you can get all of this information at our website, swiftcast13.com. So what do we think Taylor will do in this last week of February? Well, I think she's been in Nashville because she's been rehearsing for the Brit Awards. I just can't wait. I think she's going to do an amazing performance and also win International Artist at the Brit Awards this week. I think she has to win. I just, there's no bigger international artist. No. Over 6 million albums sold worldwide in such a short amount of time. No one else can do that. Well, I'm pretty sure that as we get into March at the end of this week, she's going to start sending out shamrocks. (laughs) Or you mentioned before, just pots of gold. Just ship it right to the house. Yeah, and they can buy whatever they want. It's perfect. Well, I definitely can't wait to see what Taylor's going to wear at the Brit Awards. And I have a feeling maybe she's going to wear the color purple. Purple? That would be good. That always makes me think of Speak Now. (laughs) Me too. Very true. I love her in purple, though. That would be pretty awesome. Definite spring color. I don't know. She's been so into blue. Maybe she's going to switch it up. Well, we will recap all of that for you guys on next week's episode. But for now, for episode 95, this has been Ashley. Steph. And Ashley. And we will see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. The theme song for SwiftCast was written and performed by Sydney and Chuck. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management.